episode number 135. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Unstuck Method, Shira Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So I'd like to share with you an unstuck story that happened just a few days ago. But before I do, I want to share with you an email that I received about two weeks ago, and I received permission to share it. The email comes from Belle, who lives in Jerusalem. She wrote, Shalom, Shira. Your introduction to getting unstuck with the three-day challenge was an eye-opener for me because I never recognized when I was stuck. The challenge taught me to be more aware of my chattering mind and to know there are tools to deal with it. Also, getting your daily notifications on Facebook remind me to be more conscious of being stuck and the possibility to change. Thank you so much. Hopefully the time will come when I will be able to do the full course. I just mailed a small surprise to you. Have a great week, Belle. So, First of all, I was so grateful to receive this email because actually the first thing it made me think of, to be honest, is that not everyone who listens to my podcast or reads my book or even does the Getting Unstuck Challenge is going to be interested to work with me, right? And that is totally, totally okay. I have no expectations of meeting all of the people who listen to this podcast, right? I mean, the truth of the matter is, I probably never will, and that's okay. My purpose in committing to offering this podcast each week is because I want to do my part in the world to bring the healing that I can. And one of my teachers, Byron Katie, she always says something like, if you have wisdom to share in the world, you should share it freely, which of course she does and which is my intent as well. So I created tools and methods for emotional health and well-being, and I have even more that I haven't even shared yet on this podcast, but I will over time. And I do this sharing because I know from my experience of sharing that my tools have great value for others. So I share them here, and I don't charge anyone to listen to this podcast because how can I charge for something that is truth, right, with a capital T, that in many ways, it doesn't even belong to me. I mean, yes, my brain created them. But the tools I have created and continue to create, they didn't come from me. I believe they came from a higher source that I would call God. And you might call it something else, but it doesn't matter. The point being, is if it comes from that place, how can I charge for it? It's not even mine. (laughs) And so I was so grateful to receive this email because it just reminded me that I'm on the right path, sharing my tools and doing my part in the world to bring whatever healing it is that I can. And then about a week later, I received Belle's gift in the mail. It was a handmade gift, a multicolored crocheted pendant. And this is what was written on the card. Hello, Shira. This pendant is in appreciation of your three-day Getting Unstuck challenge. 
I made the pouch, and inside are Herkimer diamonds, natural quartz crystals from Herkimer, upstate New York, which, by the way, I later Googled and learned all about the healing powers and spiritual energy of Herkimer crystals, which, of course, made the gift even more meaningful to me. Anyway, so Bell went on to write, I know the challenge was an introduction to your course, but I have taken the idea you shared and tried to use it every day. Thank you so much, Bell. And of course, I just like started crying because Bell's words and this beautiful pouch and the crystals that are inside, it's just beautiful. And in fact, I took a picture of the card and the pendant and I'll share it on my Facebook page in a couple of days. And then I'll also share it inside of the Getting Unstuck tribe group so that you can see it and understand why I was so touched. So, Belle, I really am so touched by your generosity, and I thank you, and I'm so grateful the challenge was impactful to you, and for that reason, I'm going to be leading another challenge in the spring of 2020 for anyone who may have missed the last one, or even if you've done the challenge before and you want to do it again, you are more than welcome to do that. So, thank you again, Belle, and I hope to one day have the privilege to meet you one day in person and offer you my sincere thanks. Okay, so my stuck story today, I think it's going to be kind of short. Um, It has to do with music. So many of you might know that I am very passionate about music and composing music and singing. In fact, what some of you may not know if you don't speak Hebrew is that my name, Shira, means music. And what's even more amazing than that is that my parents don't speak a word of Hebrew. And when I was born in New Jersey, they chose the name Shira because, if I remember the story correctly, they had just moved into a new apartment and moved next door to neighbors who had a little girl named Shira, and they fell in love with that name. Up until a couple of months before I was born, I was actually supposed to be called Dana or Dana. I don't remember exactly, but I wasn't in the end. My parents decided kind of last minute to call me Shira. And it's just so amazing to me because in the end, I'm the only one in my entire family, as far as I know. And when I say entire family, I mean cousins, distant cousins, cousins once removed. I'm the only one both who speaks Hebrew fluently, and that lives in Israel. I don't have one single family member here. And so I think it was totally meant to be that I was given both a Hebrew name and a name that means music. So anyway, when I was a child, I started learning piano at the age of five. And so I received a really good basis of musical experience from that time. And over the years, I've participated in choirs, and I've started a couple of a cappella groups. And even to this day, I've initiated music groups wherever I've lived. Here, where I live on Kibbutz Hanaton in Israel, we have a group that I created, which is called the Hanatones. Get it? We live on Hanaton, and the group is called Hanatones. Get it? <laughs> Anyway, we try to practice pretty regularly, but we meet together once a month to lead a musical Friday night prayer service, and that happens to be one of my most favorite nights of each month. 
We actually do this in my home and we open the doors to anyone interested to join us. It's really warm and it's fun and it's really meaningful. But the problem is, is that I play piano. (laughs) And besides the fact that piano isn't portable, piano just doesn't seem to fit the vibe of the energy that we try to create. The other instruments in our group include guitar and flute and recorder and drum. Actually, there's a kid that comes and he brings his harmonica. He is so cool. (laughs) And also there's a new family that just moved in this year and he plays the saxophone. So basically we have wind instruments and guitar. And when we get together to practice, I do play the piano if it's at my house or I bring the keyboard. But when we're playing as a part of this prayer service, I don't. Anyway, about two years ago, I decided that I want to learn guitar and I want to be able to play in this group. I want to be able to lead people in singing and chanting when I lead retreats, for example. And I don't want to have to schlep my keyboard around. I find that guitar is just so much more of a welcoming instrument in my eyes And when I hear guitar, it reminds me of bonfires and sing downs. And it's something I just really want to learn. And so I got myself a guitar and I signed up for lessons here in my community where a teacher was leading an adult class for beginning guitarists. And it became quite clear within about three lessons or so that this class wasn't for me probably because I already had all that piano experience in my history and that I just have a talent with music and that I was really motivated to learn. And because I learned things pretty quickly, I went through half of the workbook that we received on the first day within like three weeks. And I even had composed my first song on guitar during that time. And on one of those lessons, I told my teacher and I shared it with him and his like eyes popped out of his head because the rest of the class was still learning to strum the E chord. And here I was like composing music. (laughs) And the teacher asked me, why are you in this class? And I said, because I want to learn how to play guitar. And he said, but you obviously already know how to play guitar but I didn't. I just picked up the chords quickly. Anyway, so I stayed in that group for a few more weeks, but it just wasn't working out because by that time I had learned all the major and minor chords and I really just felt like I needed support with moving forward and the teacher couldn't give me the attention I needed because everybody else was still at the first few weeks of the workbook. So I dropped out. And the problem was I couldn't really move much more forward on my own, or at least that's what I felt. And I felt like I needed support. So I reached out to one friend here, but because he was so busy, it just didn't work. And then I reached out to another friend here who actually went on sabbatical to the States for a few years. So we tried to do some sessions over Skype, and that was like a total bomb. It was just way too hard. And so what happened was I hit a plateau. I knew basic songs, but I didn't challenge myself to do much more. Not because I was lazy, but because I actually really felt like I wanted someone to be watching me and showing me where I might be doing things wrong or using my fingers wrong. 
because I didn't want to pick up bad habits, which was the first precaution the guitar teacher from that group class, that's what he said, don't pick up bad habits. And I was afraid of that. And to be honest, the songs we were playing on those Friday nights, they were hard for me. Many of them were fast, some of them had complicated chords, and basically I just got stuck. And then I ended up putting the guitar away in a closet, and I took it out only on occasion. And then this summer, while I was in the United States visiting my family, I bought on a whim a ukulele (laughs) because I wanted to play an instrument. And this instrument only has four strings, and it's a lot smaller, and I thought it would be perfect for me. But after a few weeks of playing the ukulele, I realized it was really the guitar that was my passion. And so when we returned back to Israel in September, I took out the guitar again, and I started playing again, and I started composing again, and I started challenging myself with learning the difficult chords that I was avoiding earlier. I'm still looking for a teacher, so hopefully that will happen soon. But for the meantime, I'm still not playing in my musical group. I'm singing with my musical group, but I'm not playing because I'm just not good enough. And just last week, I was meeting with a girlfriend of mine who I meet regularly to sing and play guitar. And I was telling her that I want to play like her because she is really good. And I must have said something like, I'm not good enough to play with the group or something. Because in that moment, she stopped playing. She stared at me and she said, Shira, you have to stop saying that. You know, You're saying that, and it's becoming your truth. You know, your thoughts are really powerful. They create your reality. (laughs) And I laughed on the inside because I was wondering if she knew with whom she was speaking. But anyway, it hit me, and I realized she must have said that because I was probably saying enough times out loud that I'm not good enough, and I'm not good enough, and I'm not good enough that it probably just like broke her. And she was probably like, you have to stop saying that to yourself. And she was right. But I didn't respond to her. I just took a stop. I allowed the space between her words and my future words or my future response just to rest there for a moment. And in my mind, I I told myself that I was stuck on I'm not good enough to play And because of that, I'm not practicing the way I should, and I'm not challenging myself to play the songs we play, and so of course I'm not playing with the group. And I just sat there noticing what I'm not good enough feels like. And then you, I uncovered in my mind that I'm going to need hours upon hours upon hours and weeks and months and years to be able to be good enough to play with my group. But of course, I debunked that belief. Yes, if I want to play with this group, I need to start taking my guitar seriously, and I need to start practicing, but it's not going to take years. See, I considered that my group is a safe place to play. While some of our musicians are really incredibly talented, I mean, they really, really are, It's not a professional group, and I can certainly use the opportunity to play with them. I also considered that if I'm the second guitarist, like I'm not the main player, 
my playing isn't going to be as loud and prominent as the main guitar player, and that would actually make me feel really comfortable. I also considered baby steps, just like one song at a time, and that I don't have to play every single song. It's okay if I pick up the guitar, play one song, put the guitar down, pick it up again for another song. There's totally no problem with that. And the truth of the matter is, I will learn how to play. I will learn how to play if I just dedicate a little bit of time each day and find a teacher to help guide me. I also considered, by the way, looking at my brother, my baby brother, for inspiration because he picked up the guitar also later in life. And when I was visiting him this summer, he said to me, you know, I just commit to playing 15 minutes each day, just 15 minutes. And he's a busy guy as a lawyer and married with three kids, and he has tons of other hobbies as well. And I figured if he can do it, I can do that. And just a few weeks ago, He sent me a clip of him playing in a band, right, (laughs) in some bar, because my brother is in an amateur band group that plays in places where amateur bands play. And honestly, that was one of the most inspiring things that I've seen in a long time, specifically because my brother also picked up the guitar later in life. And now he's performing, which is so cool. And so I told my friend, Yes, I know I am good enough. And that, yes, I need to continue practicing. And that if I continue practicing, I know I'm going to see results and I'm going to feel like I can play with the group. And when I came home that day, I sat down on the couch and put my hand on my heart and Kay held myself in self-kindness for having had gotten stuck on feeling not good enough. I was being self-compassionate it's okay. It happens to the best of us. So my friends, where in your life can you consider baby steps? What change are you looking to create in your life? And where can you consider baby steps may be the best way to get there? As you may know, the most successful and long-term changes in life come over time and not overnight. And this can relate to anything from your body or your self-image or a relationship that you might be working on, or even a particular character trait that you may be focusing on, which is what we do in my journey program. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can get very fixated on wanting some sort of change in my life, like immediately. But I've learned that that approach isn't very effective, but that taking baby steps, noticing where you may fall along the way, learning from that experience, picking yourself up and getting back on the track a bit more clear the next time is really the best way to get anywhere you want to go. So where can you consider baby steps and really visualize yourself taking those baby steps? Really, what does that look like? And really believe that if you take those baby steps, you're going to get wherever it is that you want to go. Okay, my dear friends, we are nearing the end of 2019, and I have some goodies to share with you over the next few weeks, including a listener sharing one of her unstuck stories, me sharing with you about my newest tool, The Clear Way, and also a summary of 2019. 
Please don't forget, the doors are now open for my next group program called the Getting Unstuck Blueprint, which starts in January. Email me to reserve your spot today or head over to my website, shiragora.com, for more information. Today, I'm going to leave you with a song that I recently posted on my Facebook page. It's a song that I composed and placed the tune with Hebrew words from the Siddur, the prayer book. The words speak about gratitude, and it's one of the first prayers said each morning. And so I actually videoed myself at like five o'clock in the morning, and then I shared that video on Facebook. So the quality of my singing isn't great at five o'clock in the morning, but I wanted to share it with you, both just to share it with you, and also to remind myself that A, I'm good enough, and B, I'm taking my baby steps to becoming a proficient guitar player. Enjoy the music, my friends. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Mother.